This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to another edition of Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining. I'm Jerry Armentrout. No, wait, that's not right. I'm Scott Barker. He's Jerry Armentrout. Hey. And today we have the special guest that we've been teasing for probably the last two months. We are joined by one of the most dynamic individuals I've ever met. We are being joined by Kristen Crummett Dollar. Let me see. Let me let me get out her curriculum vitae here. We've got, she is the founder of Magnolia Rose, which we'll get into here in a little bit. She is the owner of Cool Breeze Stables West, and she is the director of the City of Waynesboro Victim Witness Program. Kristen, how are you doing this morning? Good. Good morning. Thank Great you. to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We've been we've been kind of hinting around the last couple of weeks that we were going to have a special guest on, but we didn't want to say too much until we got you locked in. Uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, the Queen City Magic and Mischief and and you know what we did down there last weekend. So we're really stoked to have you on the show today and uh, get to hear your story and then share your mission out mm-hmm. to the Rolling Rocks family. So um, so why don't you take us back to the beginning? So so who's Kristen? Where'd you come up? What like what what makes Kristen Kristen? So grew up locally uh, in Mount Sydney in Augusta County. Um, to a hardworking mother and father. Both work full-time jobs and part-time jobs. Um, Spooled us kids rotten um, with as much as they could. Grew up on a horse farm. Uh, It's all I've been around is horses my entire life. Went to Fort Defiance, graduated in 98. Went to Bluefield College um, in Bluefield, Virginia to be exact, not West Virginia. Good clarification. Graduated a criminal justice program, went straight into the police academy. Actually, was in the police academy during my senior year of college. So I was a certified police officer before I ever graduated college. As soon as I graduated, um, after the police academy, uh, began my first marriage of several. Um, I like marriage so much, I wanted to do it a couple times. I did that practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had two children, lived in Southwest Virginia, uh, went through a nasty divorce, moved back home. Uh, but when I was in Southwest Virginia, I worked for small town Chilhowee Police Department and then worked for Washington County Sheriff's Office. Went through the divorce, moved back home. Um, husband and I met when we were in Southwest Virginia, Reggie Dollar. Uh, he was in law enforcement as well. We moved back up here. And it's where we've been since 06. Nice. All right. So what was it about um, criminal justice that caught you at that early age, yeah, well, right? Because yeah. wow. you, you, came, yeah. you came right out of it, right, into, you, you came right out of high school. You went for criminal justice. Then your advanced program into the academy. Mm-hmm. What was it at that early age that got you about criminal justice and law enforcement? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was my dad just putting it on cops every night at 8 o'clock, and that's what you had to watch because he was the controller of the remote and the TV. Damn straight. Right? But ever since I was little, that's all I could, all I ever wanted to be was in law enforcement or some sort of advocacy. And i uh, done the law enforcement for a while, realized there was no money in it, did the advocacy, and still realizing there's no money in it. But um, So, yeah, I've just known from an early age that, I wanted to be in that criminal justice realm. 
um, went through many things as a child of forms of abuse from everything from physical, mental, sexual abuse. Um, so that was kind of also spearheaded the, we got to lock up these bad guys mm-hmm. and this is not fair. Um, and that, and that's what I love seeing in the advocacy part that I'm in now. It's so much helping the victim and process the trauma rather than just locking up the bad guy. It's, we got to fix the victim as well to mm-hmm. become a survivor. Yeah. Cause this is, uh child abuse especially child sexual abuse is the gift that keeps on giving because typically the victim if they're not helped they become the perpetrator as they get older and it's almost 100% of the especially with men typically if they're an an abuser they were abused as a child and if they don't break that cycle then it just continues And, and we see and what we see is that may be true but a lot of victims know how it felt to be a victim Mm -hmm. so they don't become perpetrators Mm -hmm. we find a lot of mental health issues in those that are perpetrators Mm -hmm. as well and it's if we can't fix the mental health system we will continue to be in this vicious cycle and if we don't fix the family dynamics where it's passed generation to generation we're not ever going to get a spearhead on it yeah So yeah, I've always known from an early age, and it's it's um, like with my kids, my daughter has no clue what she wants to do, never knew what she wanted to do. It's always, every year it was something different, but, and so it's hard for me to be a mom to a child that doesn't have a career focus as far as help guiding her and leading her. Now my son, he has known since day one, he's wanted to be in the military, and so I know his career path and standing yeah. and supporting him. Yeah, you would you would like Ashton. Ashton's a good kid. He goes and plays airsoft on the weekends. And yeah, he's he's a good kid. He's and amazing. My, and my son right now is in college to become a game warden. His goal is to become a game warden in the state of Virginia. So That's awesome. Yeah, he's going to Unity. So yeah, but he's had that focus for the last couple of years yeah yeah that's that's awesome and i think it's i think both of those paths are okay you know it, it's hard for um it's hard at, at, for you as a parent who was driven right mm-hmm. and you've got a driven child and you've got a, a, somebody who's trying to figure out their path right right both of those are fine there's nothing wrong with either one but it's got to be hard as a parent who's a driven individual um to know how to guide the right. undriven child, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I always knew what I wanted to do. You always knew what you wanted to do. I think that I think there's probably a pretty prototypical male thing is to kind of know, be driven, and know what mm-hmm. you want to do in your career. Um, and I'm probably making assumptions there, but I, bro I think science, it's, man. it's bro science, bro science, bro science. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty prototypical male thing. But yeah, I can't, you know, it's got to be. I, I think it has to be hard to you know, be able to guide your your child who's you know still trying to find their way in the world. And we've got four kids, three girls and one boy, Reggie mm-hmm. and I together, and our boy knows he's military, and then our youngest girl know she wants to be an in utero doctor she wants to do the surgeries and so okay. she has known since day one that that's what she's want to do the other two girls they're like eh, we'll figure it out when we're 40 i guess i don't know 
Yeah, they'll they'll figure it out. I have an aunt like that. She's got like 17 degrees. She still, <laughs> she still doesn't work. So like, she knows what she wants to do. She's going to be a student yeah, for the rest of her life. Yeah, she just keeps going to college. Like, I'm a okay. degree collector. All right. Yeah, our oldest, um, she's in the hotel um, industry now and full-time loving it. And I love to see her blossom in that position. And then uh, our second oldest, she's in a factory and loves it. And I never thought she was the kind of kid that would love factory work, but she does. She's doing great, making more money than I am. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say that's awesome, but that part's not awesome. Right. But, you know, <laughs> it's it, it's good for everybody. Um, all right. So we did the police academy. So what was it like going through the police academy? So that was that would be Especially, yeah mid nineties, mid to late nineties. You know, I graduated from the police academy in 02. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> she's a little younger than us, so yeah. That, yeah, that's. But true. no, it was the same. It was, um, I believe it was three females in our yeah, class. That's what I was curious about, especially back three then. Females. I mean, it's still what, probably 70, 30. I can tell you when I moved back here to Augusta County, it was the same way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It still is. Yeah. Still is. Um, but it's nice. It's not a position, especially this. What um, we were, you know. Like he asked first, but how did you coming from our community mm-hmm. go into law enforcement as a woman? Because it's really not pushed. It's not that's not even seemed like it's even discussed to young ladies. Like you know, there's a a job here. So, well, it's a job depending upon who the sheriff is. That's because when job. we moved, when we moved back up here, all the experience that I had, a four year degree, I was on the road as an officer. And then I was promoted to investigations when I worked for Washington County and worked sexual assault cases. Come back up here to Augusta County, put in an application. I had to pull strings just to get an interview. And they still wouldn't look at me. And I had more experience than most of the guys that were working for them. And it's all in who you know and... Politics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know, I can't say that about the sheriff now um, because he does have females on the road. Yeah, he, yeah. It seems it's. I think it's a different ethic. I think so. I think so. Now I, I don't know. Um, I think a, it, a lot of the deputies that work for him love I've, him. I've, yeah, I've, I met a lot of them, and they yeah, they're like they'll die for him. But it's a, he he leads a different atmosphere. Think about his first thing, basically he ran on was cleaning up corruption, and also mm-hmm. officers had to be fit. Mm-hmm. If you weren't fit, you weren't a patrol officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and he's held to that. I mean, you meet the guy, and I mean, he's just big, strong. Mm-hmm. Guy works out, and you know he takes pride in it. So yeah, but, they, but again, like it's, it's the dynamic of who runs the office, right? So how'd you get down to to Chilhowee, and then why'd you come back up here? How'd you get how how did that transition hmm. happen? So this is kind of the yeah, okay, that's way down. Yeah, that's yeah. on that's that's, ten, that's, that's Tennessee ways. Yeah, that's, oh yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> the police academy I went to was in Bristol, Virginia. Okay. So that's where I met well, my first husband okay. was in the police academy. So that's how I was in Southwest Virginia for Step several years. Step across the street in your Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. The yes. town of two states. Mm-hmm. So was that? So did you go to the Bristol Academy just because you were at um, Bluefield? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I went with two other fellow students from Bluefield. Um, we had already had enough credits to graduate early, but the criminal justice program gave us the opportunity to go ahead and go through the police academy, their pre-employment. So we were certified. Wherever we would get hired at would only have to send us back for driving school. Okay. So, but yeah, it was, um, one of them works for, uh, the city of Charlottesville police department and the other one works for Franklin County. Okay. So what's the difference? So, um, 
was it just a different eth- was it just a different uh, ethos with the sheriff down in Howie that you came out of the academy and then went into the 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 police force down there were they just more accepting than what we what our guys yes. are up here yes and you would think it'd be complete opposite you would think southwest virginia would be more politics and than up here but it wasn't i happened to have uh he was a brand new chief so he didn't know anybody and didn't know the politics and went for an interview and was accepted and i don't know maybe i was the token for being a female you know? <laughs> well i I don't know. Knowing you, I don't think that's true. But and just just for uh, open, uh, uh, just for all disclosures, Kristen and I are very good friends. We have mm-hmm. horses over at her barn, so there's there's a personal connection here. So I'm a little biased on our guests. So. <laughs> well, appreciate it. I just put that put that out there so that, uh, that there's no misconceptions. Um, so anyway, so first husband down there. Mm-hmm. What brought you back to our area? What brought you back home? I had no family down there. The only family I had. Uh, were my children and then my ex-in-laws which were fantastic people and I still stay in contact with them because of my children um, but not having the family support that I needed uh, I can remember when when my husband left the first time was the day before my first mother's day and I was pregnant with Ashton so he actually left me at the doctor's office when we found out I was pregnant and I had to call his mother to come get me from the doctor's office to take me home. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he's a joy. Yeah. Um, was he a police officer? Mm-hmm. Sure was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, I guess. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Yeah. Um, all right. So then, so the so when did you come back up here? Ashton, we moved the month after Ashton turned a year old. Um, so we moved back up here in October. Lived with my mom and dad for a month. That was long enough. We found our own place. <laughs> Understood. So where did you meet Reggie? Let's talk about my boy Reggie. Sure. So uh, when I was working at Washington County Sheriff's Office, he was going through a divorce as well, and that's how we met. Okay. So, and I was actually, um, when I was an investigator working the sexual assaults and domestic violence, they had also asked me to work along with them on narcotics investigations okay so there was several times that i would purchase narcotics undercover yeah um, i was gonna say you're probably <laughs> used to buy stuff oh I yeah I, oh I yeah just, I, I was going because you don't think that i'm yeah. a police no. officer type so and reggie was also on the swat team so he oh, was on standby or so called were, out when I was buying. So you were basically like vice. You were doing a lot of the vice work. A lot, yeah, yeah. Um, but working a lot with domestic violence yeah. mm-hmm. as well. So, so how did how did you get into that particular realm of law enforcement? Right, because she's already told you. Well, no, I mean, what's the what was the mechanics behind it? Like, how I mean, did I go from the road into investigation? Yeah, yeah. So I got called out on a a case to take an initial report of a female handicap that was reporting a sexual assault. So I went to her home, and her caretaker, and I believe he was an uncle or a cousin, she tried telling me that he was sexually assaulting her and she was in diapers in her bed and 
So I just gathered everything up in the house and put it into evidence. And the captain come to me and was like, okay, listen, we can't keep all of this. It's great. I love the passion. But to be honest, when we send this stuff to the lab, they're going to send it all back. We need something specific. So um, we ended up uh, confided in an investigator and he and I went and interviewed um, the suspect and he ended up admitting to everything. And so from an initial just went to do the initial report and interview, we ended up getting a confession and never had to take it to trial. So there was a plea agreement and found guilty and the girl never had to testify, which she would not have been able to testify either because of her- Her handicap. Her handicap, mm-hmm. Gotcha. So did you have to, did you have to lobby or apply for the position no, in they actually just, vice or did they come No, they it? actually just approached me. Um, and, and the job that I went into was the um, V-STOP or the Domestic Violence Division. Okay. And that's not the fun stuff that you want to work. I mean, the fun stuff is the bank robberies yeah. and the shootings and stuff like that. So it was kind of, well, hey, Kristen will probably do it. So they <laughs> approached me and I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. Love nice. to. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And it gave me that opportunity to work along with other investigators mm -hmm. on cases that they had. So I got to see um, crime scenes and murder scenes and collecting evidence and doing interrogations and victim interviews. And But I was more passionate about the victim interviews. With your domestic violence, did you see a lot of... Uh Amused not only physical and mental, but did you see a lot of the sexual assaults as well? Oh, as yeah, with the family violence. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, because uh, I mean, the Guardian group they put up a lot of stats, and I mean, they're like well, now it's 47 percent mm -hmm. are no are, are related, yeah, to their the perpetrators. Like, right. that's that I mean, that's probably you almost guess it's probably low because how many are not going to tell that it's their uncle, their cousin, their dad, their brother, they're going to lie. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and there's so many sexual assault cases that are never reported. Yeah. The statistics are overwhelming with... So when somebody does report a sexual assault, it's so hard to not believe. Yeah. And, and that's one thing when we're teaching it. So I, I teach the victim witness piece at the police academy, and... We tell the guys, it's start by believing. It's, I was sexually assaulted. I'm not going to ever tell you what happened to me. But if somebody is willing to come forward and say, this happened to me and this is what happened, listen and believe them. And But so much law enforcement is engraved of pick the holes out. Mm -hmm. Pick out what doesn't make sense. And then it's automatically you don't believe them that they're lying. And it's... No, trauma affects the brain in so many different ways when you're telling a story and maybe you tell the story backwards or you skip a part that is really, really important, but because of trauma, your brain doesn't want to process that yet. So well, we all, it's also being politicized nowadays. I mean, yeah. With, with you believe this group, but as soon as that, you know, as soon as someone in, in your group gets accused, oh, no, no, we can't believe mm -hmm. them anymore because they're accusing someone that we like. Yeah. But we're going to make sure that that person, whether it's true or not, is accused. And you know, if mm -hmm. you find that's not true, oh, well, but it still probably is, even right. if it's not. Yeah. When we go to the police academy, we go twice a year 
every class that we have taught, somebody has come forward and said, I'm a victim or I believe somebody in my class is a victim. So and within that class? Within that police academy, yes, yes. And we have actually pulled out officers. The academy works fantastic with us and we've pulled officers out and, and have been, hey, people are concerned for you. They see this and this, what can we help you with? And it's not a, is this going on? It's what can we help you with? Mm -hmm. And so it's more of an open dialogue of, I didn't realize other people were seeing it. This is what I have going on. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, just being in law enforcement and being married to the police officer I was married to, it's the mentality of I'm an officer and I'm in authority. I can do what I want. Nothing's going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous. Do you see violators inside have you yes inside mm -hmm. the force as yes. well i mean mm -hmm. well we cover it yeah we cover but, it and then we think mm -hmm. about the military too yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean he just demoted he got allowed to retire but he he was a four-star general and they they knocked him down one star mm -hmm. and he was grooming the young lieutenants he would get on and he would start grooming them and then do right. whatever and then he had one locked up because she accused him and said she was crazy mm -hmm. they put her in the hospital yeah because he had the power he had all the power. absolutely yeah yeah, that's just that. Yeah, that's so. You went through. So you, so you did quote unquote vice. We'll call it vice because it sounds cool. Um, you did. I think people understand. Yeah, that a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did that. Then you came back here. So tell us about the the uh, victim witness program uh, that you're director of in the city of Waynesboro. How did that come about? How did you get into that position? What's your mission there? So I was actually. Um, when I initially moved back, um, I did some odd and end jobs. I was looking to get into law enforcement, but nobody wanted to hire a female around here. I, I can't say that for the city of Stanton or the city of Waynesboro because I only applied at Augusta County and then I applied at Rockbridge County. But being female at that time, you weren't touched with a 10 foot pole. So I ended up applying for an investigator's position with Child Protective Services. So I got on there, worked there for four years. And this is a fun fact. The average CPS worker stays two years. Yeah. Two. The burnout rate's got to yes. be unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, we're, 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 I mean, we have the one here, and she tells us a lot of stuff about and the turnover rate is ridiculous. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I got to a point where I was wanting to carry my gun. Mm -hmm. And you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to carry a gun, pepper spray, anything. You are told when you're hired there, if somebody assaults you, all you can do is run. You can't even defend yourself. That's mind-boggling. Absolutely, yes. That's asinine. Yes, and there's been, um, when I worked at social services, there was a, a caseworker that the man would not let her leave the house, locked her in the house. I mean, that's abduction, Yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. not letting her leave. and. She couldn't do anything to defend herself. She just had to keep talking to him and thank goodness she was great with words and was able to talk him down and able to leave. But after that, nobody wanted to go back in anybody's house, especially not being protected. And you weren't supposed to go out in teams mm -hmm. because everybody had such a high caseload, you would get so far behind. So I worked CPS for a while um, and I was just so burnt out. I did not want to work with any human being ever again. I'd seen enough. After you see 
children all day, every day of the abuse and neglect, humans are just evil, absolute evil. So I worked on my mom's farm, um, picked up a part-time job at Knuckles Gunworks selling guns online. And Kathy Jenkins, um, she was the director of the Victim Witness Program, had come in and she said, listen, I'm just getting so overwhelmed with all the cases that's coming into the city of Waynesboro and we have the opportunity to possibly hire a part-time position, but that's going to be on down the road. Would you be willing to come volunteer to help me on some of these cases? And I said, sure. And I volunteered for about a year and a half and then uh, they did grant the part-time position and so I went part-time and then Kathy left. She now works for Augusta County and Stanton, victim witness. Um, and then David Ledbetter, the elected Commonwealth attorney, asked me to fill the full-time position, the director's position. Okay. Yeah. So it, it took a while, but yeah, you've, you've kind of gone around in yeah. circles, but you're back to where you want to be. Yes, and I love this position. But it's, your perseverance is yeah, good. Yeah. It's, and as long as I don't have to see the child abuse all day, every day, I can help the adults too, but the kids is, that's where it gets you. Yeah. So, so on that, on that note, seeing everything you've seen, um, and dealing with the people that you deal with, how do you keep the light in your soul? Cause you've got to, on you, the you, outside I do on the inside, I still think everybody is evil and it's just, you can't trust people. Yeah. And I mean, even, uh, Working the human trafficking stuff, and it's seeing a woman sold over and over and over and over all day long, and to look at that trafficker, and he has no regard, no feelings about it. The last guy that uh, we were involved with was already on probation from Maryland for trafficking, and he was caught with six women in a hotel in Winchester. And it's like, there's no remorse there's no sense of these are humans. It's a lot easier to traffic a human than it is to traffic drugs. Because mm -hmm. you have to replace the drugs. You don't have to replace that woman. Well, we've, the scary part is we've talked about it on this show that the, um, the penalties for human trafficking are lower than any other kind of trafficking. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can get decades for decades for drug drug trafficking or yeah. trafficking in stolen goods or anything yeah. like that but if you're trafficking your daughter or you know, mm -hmm. whatever it's the the penalties are a lot lower and it just right. It, right. it's again it's mind-boggling sorry that was me yeah it's okay no it's worries okay. it's okay uh, all right so Let's see, we've been through Chillahowie, we're back home. So you mentioned picking up a bunch of odd jobs. So mm -hmm. tell me tell me about hauling cars. Oh yeah, so yeah. Um, we start, we've start. we got a great friend that lives in Southwest Virginia, Burton Yarbor. He actually owns a uh, body repair paint shop and just one of the best men I've ever met and it's Reggie's best friend. and. He had a car hauling company and, and he was talking to Reggie and Reggie was thinking about getting out of law enforcement because it was starting that attack police officers and, and, and he just wanted out or wanted another 
opportunity or if it, worst case scenario, he had something to fall back on. And so Reggie and Burton had worked together and Burton said, this is what you need to do. And that's exactly what we did. We just started buying trucks and trailers and hiring people and we hauled cars across the country. Nice. How long did you do that for? Five or six years. Okay. Reggie ended up having a heart attack on the road, so I shut it down. Okay. Yeah. What time frame was that? Gosh, we've been together 17 years, so... Nice. I would say it was at least 10 years ago. Okay. So, uh, so that was just a suggestion from a friend of, hey, this is yeah. what you need to do, and you jumped in and yeah. screw it, let's do it live, and yeah. that's the way it turned out. Yeah, and the kids were little, and we took them to a lot of places, and went to Nashville and saw the Grand Old Grand Ole Opry, and took them to Florida several times with us, and uh, over to Kentucky to see the horse farms, and met just great people along the way. Yeah, you got some good stories. I like yeah. I like swapping stories with Reggie about road life and oh god driving stuff places <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Because well, Jerry Jerry used to drive truck for the the company that he used to work for. He used to do uh, you did short truck and long truck delivery, right? For for the auto parts place that you worked for. So we all we've all spent some some time on the road hauling trailers and doing yeah. stuff. So it's uh, it's always fun to swap stories with Reggie and. <laughs> Hey, you, you ever been through here at this time of the night and seen X, Y? He's like, oh, yep, I've seen that. I know exactly what that is. We, we thought we had taken a wrong turn and that we were in Area 51 because we were going through. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember what state it was in. And all there was all these flashing lights all around us. And as far as you could see, they weren't simultaneous. And uh, we ended up getting probably another... 10 miles down the road and stop at a gas station and Reggie said where are we at and the woman told him and he said well what are all these flashing lights it was a windmill farm oh <laughs> but we thought we had taken a wrong yeah. turn <laughs> yeah. took a wrong turn at Albuquerque it was the craziest thing we had ever seen yeah ended up in area 51 yeah so let's let's take a break real quick and we'll hear from our sponsor and when we come back we'll uh we'll get in some more fun stuff so hang on we'll be right back with christian crumit dollar and we're back all right speaking of ponies let's talk horses <laughs> so um like i said earlier my wife and i have have our horse over at over at christian's barn uh cool breeze stables west so you grew up with horses. Your mom's a pretty well-known trainer, horse person in this mm -hmm. area. So tell me about horses. You're obviously, you know, brought up around them. But you know, what made you? Because you know, sometimes when you when you you're born with it, you want to get as far away from it as you can. Right. And then sometimes you want to keep going. So what? Tell me about horses. What is so it about horses? Both my brother and I have always gone back to horses or farming in one sort of way or shape or form and horses have been because of the crappy jobs that I've had and what I've had to see that is my outlet and so sometimes I just like to go to the barn and sit and just listen to them walking around in their stall or eating hay or just putting my hands on them it's just so therapeutic mm -hmm. to me so did you ride competitively when you were younger I did 
I did. Okay. Still but, do with Sherry. Yeah, you, you do. You still do. So um, tell me about that. When, when did you start showing? How did you start showing? Oh, I couldn't. I would say I was at least four or five years old my first horse shows. Yeah. And been showing all my life. And um, was actually on the Mounted Patrol when I worked for Washington County Sheriff's Office. That was really fun. Okay. And we actually won the... Um, Southeast competition for Mounted Patrol. Um, got a cute little trophy and plaque. and um, But we worked the NASCAR race in Bristol because um, they would have such bad vehicle break-ins during the race. Yeah. So being on Mounted Patrol, that cut down on a lot of that. And working the fairs and concerts and um, Whenever the hikers were coming down off the Appalachian Trail in Damascus, uh, I can't even remember what it's called now. Date, uh, not date and days, but they have a big festival in Damascus. And Damascus days. Uh, no, that's not it. But <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. So when you were in Chillahowie, did you guys have horses there? Did you have any connection there? Or did so, you have to, actually, to walk away at that point? No, I actually worked on another horse farm, a Pasifino farm. Okay. Training horses there part-time. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the Pasifino thing is very interesting because they're the ones, they're the gated horses, and they do the sounding board yes, with the, the, sound boards. the, the, mm -hmm. the hollow platform. And that's a... That's Sounds an, like a train coming. Yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting horse thing. That that's one of those that a lot of folks don't know what that is. Yeah. Why are they stomping their feet on those right. on those boards? That's strange. Um, okay, so you worked on you worked at a Paso mm -hmm. uh, barn down there, and then you came back here. Mm -hmm. um, so your mom is Debbie, who yes. owns Coolbreeze Stables. Yes. How did you get into Coolbreeze West? What what was that like? Well, my brother had a friend. The farm that we're at now had a friend that came to him and said, listen, we have this barn and all of these fields and a beautiful riding ring and we're going to use it as an event space. It's going to be an Airbnb. Would you all be interested in leasing it and putting horses on it so people that are coming for the farm experience can see that there's horses here? And so my brother approached my mom and she said, no, I'm not interested in it, but maybe Kristen and that's how it all started. Yeah, maybe Kristen will do it. Maybe yeah. Kristen will do it. Yeah. That, that, that's... Call the workaholic. You know, yeah. <laughs> has nothing else to do. <laughs> She's got plenty of time on her hands. Right. Ask Kristen. Yeah. So how many horses do you have out of the barn? I right don't know. Now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. At one point, we had 41. Okay. I think we're at 38 right now. That's gotcha. where we're at. Yeah. All right. And you have a uh, you, you have a noted love for draft horses and warm oh, bloods. Tell yes. me about that. What yes. is it? What is it about Clydesdales and and uh, those Percherons. type of Percherons? And yes. what what is it about them that calls to you? So we actually had a neighbor right down the street from where we live that had some Percherons, and he had a mare that had had an old injury, but she you could still ride her and work her. And my daughter Aubrey was. Um, getting into vaulting which is like gymnastics on horseback and she was the perfect size for that and we didn't have a horse we could really practice that grade on and so he gave her to me and her name was Lola and the girls would ride all over her and there'd be four of them on her back at a time doing handstands and flips off of her and cartwheels and they would stand up on her and hold each other up and she would just keep walking like she was supposed to do, like she'd been doing it for years. And that was just the 
sweetest, most kind mare I'd ever owned. And it was so sad a couple years um, after having her, she was standing under one of the big trees in the field. Nasty storm come through in July and struck the tree, ran down the tree, down the roots, up into her and killed her. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not that familiar with vaulting. Is is it typically done on larger framed horses like the Percherons just because typically, it's, yeah. you know. A lot more room. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot more room. <laughs> yeah. A lot more room. Yes. Those um, are the big ones they wore, like, were like, they're the big wide bodied horses. Yeah. 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 We were, I, we were talking with Emma, uh, who's uh, at the horse auction this weekend and Friday night and they had a they had a percher on that had driving rig on and Emma looks at me and goes what do you use those horses for and I looked at her and said war <laughs> said, war yeah yeah that mare was huge she was a big girl yeah. But yeah, like the, the Percherons and the Destria and all those are just mm-hmm. fascinating horses because they're just so big but it's like they're all quiet they're That's generally such a kind heart yeah they're yeah. so well tempered you know yeah. it's like that inverse you know that that inverse relationship the the mini ponies are all cantankerous and right. you know they they think they're the size of a tank and the tanks are like i'm just gonna chill and <laughs> go eat some grain and if you want to do backflips off of me that's fine yeah. oh yeah and she tolerated anything and everything they they would so they're on a lunge line which just means that there's a person standing in the middle with a big long rope attached to the horse and that horse just walks or trots or canters a circle around the person in the middle and so the kids would run beside the horse and have to hold on to the surcingle which is kind of like similar to a saddle but it's just got handles and they would have to hold those handles and while she's moving they have to pull themselves up on her and she tolerated every bit of it i see stuff like that radios they do it's a form of that, I guess. Yeah, like, like the trick riding. Yes, yeah. exactly like it. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I never put that together, but yeah. Yeah, a little more conformed in the vaulting. Yeah. You have a person standing in the middle, and there is no reins. Yeah. It's only the handles to hold on to. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize they were on a lunge line. I was kind of like, mm-hmm. how does this work, you know? Because yeah. it would be kind of interesting if they did it without a lunge line. <laughs> that would be very entertaining. Extreme. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 extreme vaulting. Um, if we don't need another extreme horse sport. Uh, so, all right, so you've got Cool Breeze. We've mm-hmm. talked about driving trucks. We've talked about the, the sheriff's department. What else do you have going on in your life before we move on? I know there's more stuff in here. I know that's an open question, but. So we do 4-H. There we go. That's yep. it. Yeah, I forgot about 4-H. Um, very active 4-H club. So I think we're probably one of the biggest in Virginia. We've wow. got a great group of kids. Yeah, because you just, what did you just win a couple weeks ago? Oh, so the um, we had a lot of riders that qualified to go to the state horse show, the state 4-H horse show, and they mopped up. I mean, they brought home every trophy and banner you could think of. And the kids did such hard work before the show. They, um, they're supposed to raise money for the horse show because mm-hmm. the horse industry, the showing is just going down. Um, and so they tried to make money to pay for the Virginia Horse Center. And they, I think I'd heard them say they had to have at least 430 to break even because Virginia Tech has to rent out the entire grounds. 
they only had 200 and some kids this year show at the show. So that was really sad. Um, and there's talk that there possibly might not be a state show next year or it will be somewhere else because hmm. of the funding. But no, our kids out of the entire state of Virginia raised the most money. So for they call it um, Horse Heroes. Okay. Nice. Cool. All right. And we've got a Halloween party coming up. We do have a Halloween. So tell us about the Halloween party. Yeah. So 4-H has a Halloween party October 29th out at Cool Breeze Stables out at my mom's farm. Last year was our first year for doing it. Um, I think it had been about 10 or 15 years since we had done it before. We had only advertised it a handful of times on Facebook, and we ended up having, I'd say, seven or 800 kids that came through. Wow. We weren't expecting that. <laughs> we weren't even expecting anybody. We thought it was going to be a flop, but they just kept coming. <laughs> so, what, so what are you going to have at the uh, the Halloween party? The, let's do a little let's do a little commercial for your Halloween party. What, what what activities are you going to have? So it's from three to six, and we try to keep everything, um, mostly everything, free for the kids that can't participate in the community activities. The only thing. We do charge for is the pony rides and we're gonna have hot dogs this year okay so pony rides and hot dogs is the only thing that costs costs you any money but we have free face painting horseshoe decorating um they can go around to all of the stalls and see the horses decorated and get candy we also have a chili cook-off we just some of the parents make pots of chili and there's kids there that are hungry and want chili rather than hot dogs they can eat chili or you can have chili dogs yeah yeah work too. it's good to have community a safe place for kids to go for yes Halloween. yes cool. especially out in out in the county yeah. areas right because trick-or-treating out where we live is so hard right because you have to hit a subdivision yeah you have mm -hmm. to in order for it to be safe you have yeah. to go to a subdivision to do it and yeah, i wouldn't say that's always safe and that's not right. always safe no exactly <laughs> But yeah, I mean, when you're out in the county on some of these, you know, on the county roads, like kids can't do trick or treat. That's no. why I like the trunk or treats or mm -hmm. the the stuff they do at the high school or the the elementary schools is is good because it gives you know, county kids somewhere to go. City right. kids, they can you know, Stanton city kids, they can hit their block or do right. whatever. But you know, out in the counties, we you know, there's <laughs> that opportunity's not there. I feel sorry for the people that live in the subdivision across from the Royal Mart because that's where everybody in the county yeah. goes <laughs> that lives in our part of the county. That's true. That is true. Um, all right. When I started work as a hitman for the psychic underworld, I was cool with it. The world needed washing of that special stain of filth known as other people, and I was the cleaner. Know what I'm saying? And I'm good at my job. Man with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and reverse engineered alien tech. I'm the meanest mother you ever met. So when my boss told me to cap that recording artist, Eva, I had no problem with that. Send her to hell with my black hole shotgun if that's what it takes. But then I started having feelings for her. Damn. And then I met her six-year-old boy. And I ain't capping a kid. So it's gonna be me, Samuel Coventry, against the whole Mafia. I hear they got fancy crap like tactical time travel devices. Well, so be it. Capping a chump is gravy. Capping a poser? 
That's gravy on rice. You want to hear more? I'm telling my whole story to author Matthew Warner in a book called Mage Tech Duet. It's available only on Amazon Kindle. More information at MatthewWarner.com. Yeah, like I said, she, like I said, Chris is one of the most dynamic people I've ever met. She's always busy. She's always doing something. So, um, so let's get in. Let's get into the the meat of the issue. So, tell us about Magnolia Rose. What is Magnolia Rose? How did it get started? What's your mission? And what can people do to help? Sure. So. Um Working for the city of Waynesboro, I'm tied by grant funds through DCJS, and I'm only supposed to be working with victims in the city of Waynesboro. Chess and I had gone to several trainings about human trafficking because it was a new topic people were talking about to get awareness. And so Jess and I was bringing that back to the city of Waynesboro and working with our Commonwealth attorneys and David Ledbetter's absolute phenomenal any kind of training we want to go to he sends us uh, and then assistant commonwealth attorney elise stolpe we've asked her to be on our board she is huge for victim advocating and such a passionate prosecutor that we wanted her on our team no matter where we go or what we're doing and we started getting phone calls from other law enforcement agencies or from the Virginia Victims Assistance Network. They had a victim that called in to them on a Saturday, said, I'm actively being trafficked. I am in Rockingham County. I've got 20 minutes to get out. And I'm at the barn getting ready to get on a horse when Jess called me and said, hey, I just got this phone call. The girl doesn't want law enforcement involved for many reasons. Um, She's got 20 minutes to get out. And I'm like, I'm in Mount Sydney and she's in Rockingham County. There's no way I can get there in 20 minutes, but I gotta go, I gotta at least try. I called Rockingham County Sheriff's Office and asked them to give me a call back or if they could please be in the area and told the dispatcher the situation of what I had going on. The Virginia Victims Assistance Network kept the victim on the line. Trafficker ended up showing back up and so the victim pretended like she was picking up trash around the house with a trash bag. And I relayed through um, that hotline, tell her I'm getting ready to pull in the driveway that she needs to come running. I pulled in the driveway and she come out with that trash bag on her back. And what was in the trash bag is the little bit of personal items she had in that house. And she come running out and jumped in the car and we took off. And so come back and told my boss, uh, I was in Rockingham County this weekend. He said, don't ever do that again. So that's why we had to start a nonprofit so that we can do it through Magnolia Rose rather than city of Waynesboro. That way he's not liable for any damages yeah. or injuries. So yeah, if yeah. anything happens, he's, he's right. got his head on the, right. on the yeah. ladder. So I had to ask for forgiveness. So. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Yes. He's getting used to me asking for forgiveness <laughs> rather than permission. Uh, hey, boss. But he's great. He is just great. for your info, just so you know. <laughs> In case something is said. You do, well, that's when you start doing the NURIDs, unless otherwise directed. <laughs> I'm going to do this this weekend. He put on his desk at 501. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's gone. And hey, I, I, I told you it's right here in writing. <laughs> yeah. So that was the genesis of Magnolia mm -hmm, Rose. Mm -hmm. So, and since then, um, 
and we had been teaching at the police academy so whenever we go to the police academy you know we tell them our stories about what we're seeing as far as trafficking along with the domestic violence and sexual assaults that we're seeing and so that kind of spearheaded the talk in the town of hey these two women have created this nonprofit and they're working with trafficking victims so now we're responding to Winchester we're responding to Lexington and Buena Vista um, several weeks ago FBI and State Police called us out to Winchester they had six girls they found in a hotel um, and the guy was on probation from Maryland for human trafficking and he was still trafficking women so we spent some time in the FBI office with these women and I've got to experience the United States uh, Attorney's Office and federal court now so a place I never want to be <laughs> um, so and this is all through the nonprofit it's all through the nonprofit so how I don't want to say you're like a paramilitary organization, but like, yeah. how does how does that work? Where you're because one of the things that you you told you've told me is that part of the problem is even if the police recover these ladies, they don't necessarily have the resources right. to support them. Right. But how does how does it work when you're doing recoveries and you're technically a nonprofit? Mm -hmm. like, like how does that work how does that not become and i'm going to use the term and i mean it gently but how does this not become vigilante work how does right. how right. does that work well that's what it was at the beginning you know it's there's nowhere to send these women we have a handful of shelters human trafficking shelters in the state of virginia but none of the shelters will take these women if they're high yeah. every one of them we get is high on heroin or meth every one of them so the police can't afford to put them in a hotel room so what do you do with them mm -hmm. that you can't put them in a homeless shelter because they won't take them because they're high you can't take them to a hospital hospitals not going to keep them just because they're high they're going to release them with several days of, <clears throat> of prescription meds and discharge them so they have no other option but to call us and okay. say hey we don't know what to do can you come help and so we go pick them up it has been in the past jess and i have been paying for a hotel room for these girls and jess and i will stay with them while they're detoxing and we'll go to the hospital with them while they get their diagnosis and get all their tests and their medications and we stay with them in the hotel for several days until they're sober and then we start calling human trafficking shelters and like I said there's only a handful in Virginia and some of the handful are not reputable shelters I would not even send my dog there um, and we had to learn that the hard way with one of the girls that we sent there um, and this is an organization that gets thousands upon thousands and thousands of dollars every year in grants and it's just it's absurd that nobody looks into these shelters we talked about that with Nate from from Guardian group we mm -hmm. were we were talking about that there really wasn't a vetting right. a vetting yeah. process for any of these halfway homes or right. or anything mm -hmm. like that and I'm sure you probably remember the whole Gemeinschaft thing from mm -hmm. you know back in the mid 90s right yeah. that whole thing was going on yeah. um, and it's hard to overcome that bad rap yeah especially yeah. in an area where that 
episode was so widely publicized, mm-hmm. right? It's got a kind of you know, everybody's looking at you a little little side eyed because right. oh, we remember you know mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. kind. Of, have you run into challenges like that? Like people aren't sure about your legitimacy, or because you're connected so with the, the the only thing I have seen is the question about liability. Okay. If we go and pick up a girl and we have her in a hotel and she overdoses and dies, who's then liable? Well, first off, these girls are not under arrest. They are with us by their own free will. They can walk away at any time. But Jess and I stay with these girls. And if they're so bad off of detoxing, the hospital keeps them. Mm -hmm. So they stay in the hospital. So we now have an apartment and we're working with nurses that are volunteering their time to stay with these women and distributing their medications to Mm. wean themselves off. Gotcha. So this is is an all-volunteer force then? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. So, because this, this is the thing, Scott. And I want really touch on this because it's one thing that ticks me off so bad. Please. You have all of these organizations that want to educate and do outreach about human trafficking, but have never worked with a trafficking victim themselves. Have never done direct services. But you've got these organizations going out and talking about human trafficking, and what can we do to teach? people to be on the lookout for red flags and people are turning around and giving them money just to go educate but the people that are doing the direct services we have to beg steal and borrow to get a month's rent for our apartment or get money to pay for these girls prescriptions or getting the hospital to give us enough pills from the hospital to get us by for a few days and but that's the one thing that ticks me off is a lot of the outreach education programs getting all the clout for the human trafficking piece when there's really a handful of organizations that are doing direct services that these outreach programs aren't helping. Well, they don't want to, no one wants to see the bad side. Right. Everyone wants to feel like they're, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm donating to here and this is going to prevent mm-hmm. it. But, but this is the underside you need to look at. Oh, no, I don't want to look at that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to see yeah. the bad side. Yeah. Yeah, it's like letting it's like letting people overdose, but yeah. focusing on you know. Well, look, we're not, we're we're you know, we're 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 paying for kids to learn about drugs, and there's this program here, and we're buying Narcan. Yeah. You know, our community, we're we're supporting people get Narcan. Yeah, but are you you know are you supporting the groups that are actually helping these people, the shelters that are helping the kids? Right. Oh well, no, we just yeah we don't want to. Yeah, what happens that. after the Narcan? Yeah, you right. know the Narcan right. doesn't make them a, not a. Right. Not not an addict anymore. It right. just saves their life the one time. What keeps them from keep doing right. the stuff that made them, made them need it the first place? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fix the problem. It just brings them back. Yeah. So, okay. So, what was it about doing direct action that got you into this? Because you you're one of the few you're one of the few that actually do direct action. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. made you decide to go that way rather than education and, and advocacy? Everybody's doing the education and advocacy. Nobody's doing the direct services. So you just got a vicious cycle if you're not doing direct services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can send them to a shelter. You can find them and send them to a shelter. But if you don't have anything to back it up after the shelter, when they get released from their trauma treatment program, they're still homeless yeah. because they depend upon their trafficker for that food and that shelter. Mm-hmm. So when they get out of the, the trauma treatment, 
they're still homeless. There's nowhere for them to go. So Jess and I, we help with finding housing. We work with landlords. Uh, if there's a criminal case, we work with the Virginia Victims Fund and they will pay the first month's rent for a victim as long as they're cooperative in the criminal justice process. And they talked about that too, that that was a lot of what they dealt with was the fact that these women, they get out of the shelters and they would end up just selling, doing it themselves, yeah. trafficking themselves because that's right. all they know. That's all they know. They've got criminal histories. Mm -hmm. There's nobody wants to hire a convicted felon. And that was one of the reasons for Jess and I opening the retail space is that when these women are coming out of the shelters and the, the treatment programs, we're helping them find housing. We're helping them find work. And if it's not working at Magnolia Rose, it's working with cleaning companies and cleaning condos. We had a girl that I would drive every day from my house in Mount Sydney. I'd pick her up at the safe house, uh, which was in the county. And then I'd drive her all the way to Massanutten every morning so she could clean condos. And then I'd drive from Massanutten to Waynesboro to work. And then when I got off, went back to Mass Nut and pick her up and take her to shelter. I did that every day for about six months. Mm. Yeah. So tell us about your retail space. So it's, um, we've got girls that are making small things like handmade um, nail polishes and lotions and soaps. and um, But we also are going to do hat branding, kind of accessorizing hats. We've thought about doing the Stetsons or some sort of western hat and uh we, we definitely need to want, want to be able to link to that with our yeah. with us yeah i'll and i'll do it with my personal page and stuff too yeah absolutely that. and we've and it's a and a plant store as well so we've got a combination of of everything but we're going to open november 12th and it's going to just run through the christmas season mm -hmm. and our landlord is um Tina Raybon, such a wonderful woman. She's gonna have other pop-ups in the store too to support other small businesses for the Christmas season. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So then we'll shut back down and we also will have a drop-in center where we work, uh, Jess and I work a lot with the city of Waynesboro. We have young girls that are just out walking the streets, especially when school isn't in, and then they're hanging out in tattoo parlors, or they're just hanging out in places that they don't need to be, that they feel like they can protect themselves until they're a victim. Mm -hmm. So um, we've got a safe place that they can come and hang out, watch TV, do homework, get tutoring, get a meal. We've got women that are volunteering to bring in crock pots every day so that they, the kids can come in and eat and just have a safe place to go. Yeah, it's like we talked about before we started on here. Social media is making this stuff look like it's not a big deal, right? And they're pushing, they're pushing it to be desensitized. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we you know, like I said, I mean, you I open my my social media and the first and everything is showing is. You know, should be, I guess they're supposed to be adults, but they're that's what they're pushing. Oh yeah. And it's like so people become desensitized to the idea of what it is. Right. I mean, you watch, you see some of these people, and they're like, you know, like Georgia had a big arrest a while back, a hundred and thirty some guys in a weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's like at no point did any of those guys think, you know, 
maybe I should call the police. Mm-hmm. You know, this girl is a, a child. Instead, they just, you know, one had been, they, you know, had been there multiple times in, the, mm-hmm. in that, that week. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me is like, prostitution is the old, you know, what they, this they the, old, the oldest, the oldest profession in the world. Prostitution, again, is one of those weird things. It's like, should we punish a woman severely for prostitution if that's her choice? That that's up for that's for, for smarter people than me to debate. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes when you're obviously know that 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 lady's not wanting to be there, and especially if you know that that's a child, mm-hmm. you if she's not the one who should be being punished. It mm-hmm. should be they should be punishing not only the traffickers but the partakers. A lot of those <coughs> guys just get misdemeanor tickets. Right. Yeah. It's like you're you're you know oh well I didn't know she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't care. And, you know, it should be a rape charge, not a misdemeanor soliciting charge. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you, look, if you look at statute, right, like ignorance is no defense in the eye of the law, or at mm-hmm. least it, it didn't right. used to be, right? I mean, it used to be she's 14. Hey, she looked 19. Doesn't matter. You're supposed to know, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, God. Yeah. It, but to Jerry's point, like that's starting to get weakened yeah. by the social media and, and the, the things mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier before we came on the show about, you know, what's happening in pornography, right? What, right. what is that starting to, you know, we, you know, what the, the most yeah. searched term is on Pornhub or whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what is that doing to the society and what barriers are, is it breaking down? Right. And what effect is that happening in the larger society? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for the, the prostitution thing, you can have that, you can kind of look at how the war on drugs went, right? For a long time, we, we prosecuted petty drug owners and, and drug users mm-hmm. and we locked them up at, right? Again, that, and if we got rid of the, the, the clientele, it would do stuff or the, the, the low level supplier. So if we would lock the, the young lady up, mm-hmm. you know. 10, 15 years or just keep arresting her while the guys actually play. Yeah. Well, the guys for taking are just getting tickets or nothing at all. Right. Hey, don't be out here again, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, other countries, it's legal. I mean, mm-hmm. these young, there's a regulatory system they have in place and if they don't have as much, at least it doesn't look like when you start trying to do research, they don't have the same sex trafficking as we do here because mm-hmm. it's, regulator, it's regulated by the state. The government knows what you're doing. You have to have your licenses. You know, yeah. guys know where to go. This is where it is. But here it's, you know, just like marijuana or this or, or meth. You know, it's, it's that dark underground and everybody turns, turns their head because they don't have time for it. Right now, I'm on a committee uh, or a coalition called the Virginia Coalition Against Human Trafficking. And it's a group of people that you have some survivors, attorneys, and advocates that are, and this was one reason, another reason I had to start Magnolia Rose is because I can't lobby through Victim Witness, Mm -hmm. through the DCJS grant, but I can through Magnolia Rose. And so we've been meeting with delegates about the Safe Harbor Bill because right now a juvenile can be charged with prostitution yeah juveniles can't consent i've been by by law by law we've been i've been doing the i've been you know since we've been getting more and more into this 
these girls can be charged, and boys too, but these girls can be charged with child pornography even if they're under the age of 18, even if they weren't willing, maybe not willingly participate in the pictures being taken, but they can also be charged right. in it as well. Yeah, they can be charged, charged for, for generation. For generation well, of child there's pornography. This, there's warped sense of let's charge the victim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though they're not the offender, we're going to charge the victim to... Try to get them to cooperate in the yeah. investigation services and we're going to hold this criminal charge over their head and that was one of the reasons why it's still legal to charge a juvenile with prostitution so the safe harbor bill is a bill that protects those kids that when there is a juvenile found that you can't find a trafficker but you can prove that some sort of ad was put out about this child, they're not arrested. Social services can come in and take custody of that child for at least 72 hours. And then law enforcement can do their investigation. But don't be criminally charging these kids. It's absurd. Yeah. We talked about the, the girl in Idaho. Yeah, the, the, the young lady that, uh, she was 15, she stabbed her pimp and mm -hmm. she killed yes. him. And then she was uh, found guilty, but the judge uh, of manslaughter. But the judge sentences her to probation instead of jail time. But she was also ordered to pay his family restitution, restitution for killing him. Mm -hmm. And luckily, GoFundMe was put up for her, and it was quickly mm -hmm. raised enough money to only take care of that problem, right. but to help her get a start. But that's and the bad thing is, and even the judge and the prosecutor, they weren't trying to punish her but their hands were tied by state law mm -hmm. it's like even though what they knew she was being prostituted she was being trafficked they knew this it was obvious they didn't argue that with her defense attorney it was the fact that you know this is state law it's she killed somebody black rather and white. than yeah. call and reach out for help she stabbed him when he fell asleep mm -hmm. and it's like you know, but other states are, are getting to this point. Virginia, I think, is pushing for a bill that if the victim retaliates, even if it leads to murder, they're given that look at, okay, mm -hmm. they've been victimized for so long, they yeah. didn't have a choice. It's like a wife. If she's been being battered for so long, she finally kills her husband, even if he was asleep, it's that she had no, that was her only opportunity. Right. I don't understand how it's not considered self-defense, especially because it wasn't in the books. Because I somebody who wrote the law did never take that into consideration, mm -hmm. because they didn't think that some young girl is going to be being raped so many times that her best option is to stab a guy while he slept. So it's right. it's not leeway, mm -hmm. and it's bad. But there's a lot of states that the judges don't have leeway. They only you have to this is minimum, the law. minimum sentencing laws no. and, and, and that's the thing with the safe harbor bill is there's all of these laws saying children can't consent and if you're having sex with a juvenile you can be charged with that, but how do we then turn around and charge a juvenile? Yeah. Yeah. So we met with uh, delegate Tony Wilt last week. We meet with delegate Ronnie Campbell Monday, tomorrow. Uh, we meet with Chris Runyon, and we also have a meeting with um, Delegate Rob Bell. And then we have, then we'll be scheduling other meetings with other delegates and, and senators. And so we're able to do that through Magnolia Rose. I can't do it through the city. Yeah, you can use yeah, so. your because your position. But to, you know, these delegates are saying, "Well, I got to talk to um, 
Mark Obenchain was one that voted against the Safe Harbor Bill, and he's an attorney. Yeah, I'm curious about why he voted yeah. against it. He never answered why he voted against it. Right. Well, because it's... other people have asked, why did you vote against this bill? And he, he never, he will not answer why he voted against it. Right. And, and the thing is, is we're asking an attorney that practices civil law rather than an attorney that practices criminal law. Yeah. So it's a. That's why I'm glad I'm on this coalition with yeah. other attorneys, and I'm learning so much about law language. And but you, you got to go and ask them, and you got to put them on the hot seat of why'd you vote against this? I yeah, mean, you, I mean, you see it in our you know, local politics, in our national politics, national politics where yeah. you'll see these people vote against something. It's like mm-hmm. why'd you vote against it, and then they just want to answer. It's like yeah, why? And this is a good bill. Why are you voting against it? Yeah, and well, we hear, you know, it's who brought the bill to the table. Yeah, I didn't like because it was because it was the opposite party, and I'm not supporting anything they bring. It's like, all right, that's. And if you look up the Safe Harbor bill, it's exactly what it is. All the Democrats are trying to get it passed, but the Republicans are the ones that aren't. And I'm like, why? Why? This should be. This should not be about what party you're. I mean, is that strictly? Is that strictly what it is? Why the Republicans are opposing it because it was brought by. A Democratic legislator well, was there anything it, attached to it because that's what happens. A lot and of times. it wasn't. wasn't. It wasn't because um, we've we've read through the bill, okay. worked through the bill, uh, this coalition, and. Um, but you also get where these guys, the men and women on one side or the other, they're told by staffers, "You're going to vote no on this bill." Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't have time to read every bill, so they're right. like, "Okay, we were advised by our party to vote against this. So we're voting no. It right. doesn't matter why. We're just we're told to vote no." Right. Right. And, like I said earlier, it becomes it's becoming politicized. Yeah. And yeah. these these kids and these women and even boys are being are being victimized again, and yeah. now they're being victimized by the yeah. same people who are supposed yeah. to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Delegate John Avoli is on our board for Magnolia Rose, and so oh, that's bless his heart. Yeah. I'm all the time calling him, going, "Hey, I need you to support well, that's, this." Well, that's 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 actually good to have. But he gets it. He gets been, it. But he's been both sides mm-hmm. of the aisle. He's been mm-hmm. one and the other. He's been a mayor. He's done a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a big name to have help you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, he's he's great. He's been fantastic to our foundation. Good. So what are the outcomes like for the ladies that you work with? We talked a little bit about Nate, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to Nate about that. And that's, that's one of the things we want to continue to... Kind of dreary to, sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But we want to we want to continue to have that discussion so that people are aware of the continuing challenges to these people because mm-hmm. you see the you know we we talk about the stories you know the the girl kills her pimp or the the guy out in montana who rescued the girl in yeah. the in the the truck parking yeah. lot right mm-hmm. and everybody looks at the newspaper and goes Whew, that's one more off the street it's not Mm-mm. it doesn't end there. temporarily for yeah a temporarily it's a it's a better situation but it doesn't end there, right? Right. So, what are you see, like? What are you seeing for for outcomes for these people, for these ladies and and you know, gentlemen, if there there are any, and and what does continuing care look like, mm-hmm. and what can you know what can folks do to help that? Because we've talked about how you the heck the um, you know we we've talked about that the education thing's great, but direct action's what's needed. Mm-hmm. So you need support there, and then 
what needs to happen on, on continuing care after recovery. Right. So we've got a friend, uh, Sydney Hazlett, who has been working on fundraising because she worked at Rest Stop down in Nashville, Tennessee as a case manager at a human trafficking shelter. She's trying to get a shelter opened in the vicinity, whether it's Rockingham or Augusta or Harrisonburg. She is trying to get one open because when we find these girls, it's they attach to you because they don't want to be high. They don't want to be with a trafficker. And you have now become their only source of normalcy or stability or person that has actually wanted to help. So we see a lot that the girls don't want to go out of state to shelters. They want to stay in state. Um, so we work um, with Letitia's house in Williamsburg. They're a fantastic shelter. Um, when we get a federal case, um, then the shelter that is in the Richmond area will accept a girl. But if we call from city of Waynesboro or these jurisdictions, they won't accept them because they're outside the service area. Um, we've got one juvenile shelter in the state of Virginia. It's called the Lamp Stand and they're in Roanoke. Um, but once we get them into shelter, you gotta have the housing for when they come out of shelter. Because they're going in homeless, they're coming out homeless. And so Jess saw the need for that. Of we gotta be working with landlords. We gotta be working with low-income housing. But we also gotta make sure that they're not in a community where they could be triggered by their neighbors mm -hmm. or by drugs that's next door to them. Yeah. <clears throat> then we gotta be able to have them a job immediately as well so that they can afford to pay their rent next month or they can afford to keep their electric going. So finding that convicted felon a job is very, very difficult. Especially what her charges probably Absolutely. are. There's a lot of mom and pops that aren't gonna touch that. Absolutely, and, and a lot of the charges are fraud or you know, writing bad checks on somebody and- Petty theft. Thefts, larcenies, um, you name it, they've got it on their criminal yeah. history. So that's why Jess and I, we were like, well, we gotta create a place that they can actually work and make money. And we trust them because we work with them. And we know these girls. And I've never had one steal from me. That all the time that they've been with me, I've left my pocketbook around them. I've left cash around them. They'll call me and say, hey, Kristen, you left your notebook behind. I'm gonna put it by the door for when you come back whatever but they got to have the employment and then they've got to have the aftercare therapy yeah. and so I've been talking to a guy named Alec Gunn um, who is a therapist for New Directions which is our local domestic violence shelter yeah yeah I know what he does um, therapy for free so doesn't the community out uh, was a community outreach in Stanton or what is it called thought they had one that did free. We've got the... Um, Community care or something. I don't know. It's over by the wharf. They had, right. they had one where they were, they were doing like free counseling for people. Yeah, or like, yeah. Or like based, fee-based right. counseling. Well, and the, and the thing you've also got to look at is our counselors 
not many of them in this area have seen a human trafficking yeah. victim before. And they come with a lot of trauma, a yeah. lot of complex trauma, because it's not just the sexual abuse they endured. It's the mental and the physical and the rapes and and anything and everything has happened to these. I say women because that's all the victims we have worked with that Jess and I worked with have been women. We absolutely know that there's males out there, but we have not worked with yeah. one yet. So. so what is it, why is it that the attorneys, because Jerry and I talk about this all the time. We know that it's a problem. We know that it's a problem in our area because of our proximity to the interstate system and, mm -hmm. and some of the other things that just in general in this area, right? We've got the poultry industry. We've got you know a yeah. bunch of different things that kind of make this an issue in mm -hmm. this area. Why are the attorneys not as familiar with this and why are they not seeing these cases? And why is it when they're, you know, here's a, here's a trafficking victim they don't know what to do. What is it about the legal system that's not serving these people? So I don't find it much with the attorneys. I find it with law enforcement. Okay. There is no training. <clears throat> there is no mandatory training right now for law enforcement for human trafficking, which it needs to be. It needs to be part of their 18-week, however many weeks it is, their initial uh, to become certified. It needs to be in that curriculum. And the curriculum that's taught needs to be by a survivor, by an attorney, and another law enforcement agency that actually works with trafficking victims. But city of Waynesboro, we're down a third of our department for police officers, and they're begging for police officers. Because we don't have enough police officers to even cover the road, we don't have any that can specialize, specialize to do the human trafficking. Same way with Stanton and Augusta County, it's, we got to have bodies just to do it. Yeah. Um, so right now we're reactive rather than proactive. Mm -hmm. And that's why you don't see the cases in court is because by the time it gets identified as trafficking, traffickers are gone, long gone. And that victim is so messed up and is in survival mode that all she's looking for is a place to sleep for the night. So that's why you're not seeing it now. We'll get there. There is a free training in November um, that Safe House Project is doing in Harrisonburg. Uh, it's free for law enforcement officers. And Can Guardian you... Group does one. Does a free yes. training. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. there's, there's, I've, I've, since we've become more and more focused on this, and I mean, I'm not gonna say why I'm focused on this one here because it's not, you know, that's just private, but. I, you know, I do a lot of reading and I pay a lot of attention. Even though when they do these big operations and they arrest 130, 140 people, a lot of times most of those guys end up with just a plea down to a ticket. Yeah. To, mm -hmm. They don't even get registered and yeah. then, you know. Right. And sometimes they'll roll the traffickers up, especially if it's pretty heinous and that mm -hmm. they're, they're young kids or they're kidnapped victims or they're runaways mm -hmm. and it's big headlines and they'll prosecute. But if they're like adult women, mm -hmm. most of the time the traffickers get probation and yeah. they just, yeah. it's just right back to a couple well, weeks and later. And like you thing. said, the John gets released on a mm -hmm. ticket, you know, and he's out the next day going to a different hotel looking for, yeah. for a woman. Um, but we see Henrico is doing a fantastic job. They have a John school. So 
We've talked about that. We need a John school in this area for when we do these investigations, we're touching all the bases, not just the victim, but also the tracker and the purchaser themselves. So yeah, that's, that's the, I love how Henrico does it when they have a John at a hotel and they're being arrested or, or they'll ask They'll ask the John, okay, do you want us to call your wife to come get your car or do you want it towed? And they said 100% of them get their car towed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you want to call your wife. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah would, you, would you like to come to the hotel? Would you like your wife to come to the hotel right. where you were at <laughs> to buy sex from a woman against her will? Yeah. Especially if it's, yeah. And pick yeah. up your car. <laughs> but see, again, a lot, a lot of these guys who were like, oh, well, I didn't know it was against her will. And, it's, and I think it's because of all this other stuff mm-hmm. it's just like I mean OnlyFans I didn't there when a year or two a couple years ago we used to joke about it but at first when OnlyFans started I actually up until someone actually had to break it down for me I thought OnlyFans originally was for like athletes and stars and stuff mm-hmm. like you could pay money and they would like you know sign stuff for you or they would do like private you know like private recording message or... it was a way yeah. they make, could, could make yeah. extra money and it was a way people could get that personal experience you couldn't go to you know Hollywood to meet their favorite person, yeah. And then you then it's like that's what it started, and now it's this multi billion dollar industry where girls, you know, and men they you know can go from foot pics yes. to full on anything. Mm-hmm. And then you see, and there's and then you have what Tinder, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the big one, and stuff. And Tinder and Grinder and all well, that, Grinder's for, for yeah, the, yeah, but yeah, the same thing. That literally, it originally was supposed to be a dating app, and has literally just become a sex app. Mm-hmm. And you know, and perpetrators are using, you know, the pimps, the traffickers are using Tinder as a way mm-hmm. to make money because these guys show up and the girls talk to them and about, you know, well, I need money to pay rent or I need money to pay, and dude will you know cough up 40, yep. 50, 60 bucks, and you know, but it's and it becomes desensitized to where it's like, oh well, I, you know. I didn't realize that she was doing it against her will. Right. She didn't seem like it was a problem. Right. Well, and Nate yeah. talked about uh, Nate talked about OnlyFans and about how yeah. they're using that to yeah. traffic traffic, traffic girls, girls mm-hmm. through OnlyFans. Yeah. You know, and but OnlyFans keeps the legitimacy because you have people who are well known who have names that then go and do things on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. So it's like they keep their legitimacy up there enough to where it's you know, acceptable. No right. one looks at them right because when you have certain athletes and certain people that then go on there and you can pay your subscription, you know, people are like, oh well, but if so so's on there, it can't be but so bad. Right. Well, it's like it's like the porn industry too, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. porn stars are porn stars are mainstream, yeah. right? I mean, OnlyFans is you know one of the biggest websites on the internet as far as hits. Yeah. It's something crazy like mm-hmm. 70 million searches a day care- or something. And the bad thing is if you're not careful, well, I think it's Instagram, you can end up on OnlyFans by touching the wrong button. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they, because you can, you know, they can link. It's like post directly, you know, yeah. where you can post to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter right. all at the same yeah. time. You it, can do a post to OnlyFans too. Yeah. Oh, but you can also go to OnlyFans. Oh yeah, yeah. From from that, if you like, if someone is on there and they're like, "Well, link in my bio," so this is an athlete. Okay, so they're selling this product. You click that bio, and next thing you know, you're at 
Like, yeah. wait a minute, this is not the bio I'm looking for. This <laughs> is not what I'm looking, looking for. I was looking for information about that protein you powder you just stand there talking. Not this. Yeah. How do I get out of this? I saw a... Uh, no, a, I don't want an account. Yeah, yeah please. I, I, I You're don't. not getting my card number. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I don't know if I sent it to you, but they had a, uh, a meme on... Uh, on garbage humans and it it's the you know the top is the it's the two girls and the one girl says you know oh he didn't even cry at he didn't even cry at titanic and the other girls like do do they have any emotions at all and those are usually pretty funny this one got me the one on the bottom it was a message from or it was a reply on OnlyFans. like i guess you can reply to the videos or put comments under the videos like you can on youtube and it said and it, it so it had the Pornhub thing and it's it's Pornhub, sorry. It it had the Pornhub logo and the reply to the video was Why are you doing this? Your father and I miss you. Please come home. Oh. And then the other side was, you know, Chad, Chad guy with the yeah. comb over and his face is black, right? Because that's him showing remorse. Yeah. That one hit me right in the feels. Yeah. Cause it's like when we talked about it with Nate, like pornography, you know, how much of pornography is voluntary versus how much of it is involuntary, mm-hmm. right? And everybody, it's like you're talking about OnlyFans and these other things, right? Everybody focuses on well, it's, it's the sweet. voluntary portion, but nobody pays attention to the fact that... Sarah Silverman's making jokes about OnlyFans on a Grubhub commercial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uno Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. She's literally talking about OnlyFans as a joke on Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're desensitizing the fact that this is a problem. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, this is just an everyday common thing. Oh, don't worry about it. It's normal. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. It's just, you know, and you always hear the term, you know, hear the thing, it's just sex. No, it's not. It's, that's what becomes a problem. Yeah. You know. It's all the stuff that's, it's all, it's it's not just sex. It's how society looks the other way. Mm -hmm. Well, Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, and it's... Well, I mean, you're talking about the victims being p- prosecuted here yeah. in our local Virginia. Northern Virginia, you had that young teenage girl who was trafficked. She was brought back to her family. She went back to high school. She was then violated in the school locker room, I mean, the, the bathroom, and they kicked her out. Mm-hmm. Not the boys who did it, because right. they said she was the one who was a problem because of her history. Yeah. Even though the boys kind of drug her into the bathroom, and she, just because of the victim hood she's been through she just shut down and let them do whatever yeah because that's what she's used to uh then it uh became an issue and they expelled her for this and it's like why are you why are you punishing the young girl and kicking her out of school when uh, she was obviously the victim right it's because they didn't want to deal with the fact of who was else involved mm-hmm. And we see that a lot. We see that with uh, the the young boy, you know, who raped the two different girls in Northern Virginia, and the districts didn't even want to talk about, it, pretend like it didn't happen, and try to shut it up. We now have the same thing uh, in Broad, Broadway, Timberville area. We had the same thing. Young girl was violated, and as soon as her dad called the police, they kicked the young girl out of the school and didn't want to even mm-hmm. discuss it because, oh no, you got the police involved. We don't want to have none yeah. of that and don't want the police involved. Right. We can handle it in school. Right. North Carolina. Uh, young girl was raped. Pre- uh, press charges. The abuser was, you know, fellow high school kid. 
he was convicted, admitted to doing it, was convicted. The school then kicked the girl out because they said they, did, they didn't care what law enforcement said. They didn't believe her. They believed she was lying, and it was against the school code to lie about a fellow student. So they expelled her, mm-hmm. even though the, the young man had pled guilty to it. Right. And then they didn't even put him in jail. They let him go back to school. He was just on probation, so mm-hmm. he was in the same class as this girl. Yeah. And then they kicked her out for it. I don't understand how, you know, when these groups, and, and we've talked about the Catholic Church before, right, but how it doesn't become like obstruction of justice or aiding and abetting or something mm-hmm. to say, we're going to handle this inside, don't go to the Money. cops, or you can't go to the cops, or they get punished for going to the cops. It's like... Money and connections. Mm-hmm. I Money and connections. I mean, it's it's what it comes down to. It's, it's this idea. And, I mean, it also comes down to just like you talk about these. You, when we first started, you talked about the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. It comes down to being a, I mean, a lot of these girls come from broken homes, a lot of these victims. And it's That's like. That's the majority that we see. And the, the, the father figure is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, stepdad or just the guy in and out is a piece of crap. And, like, we, he's talking about the porn hub thing we talked about before. You know, some of the stuff that they're pushing is just dis- disturbing. Yeah. And it's, but yeah, you see it's for real. I mean, I, high school, I, I, I knew a girl very closely and her stepdad did. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wait, what? I mean, that dude's been with your mom since you're a little girl, but this, you know, as soon as she mm-hmm. got to a certain age, he started bothering her. It's like... You know, how is this? A, how do you think like that? Yeah. Yeah. We had a case where um, in Waynesboro, boy was boy and his sister were adopted by a family, and so adopted dad began sexually assaulting him, and he just thought it was normal until he was in high school, had a girlfriend, and he ended up telling a story to his girlfriend and she was like what that's not normal and so she went to her parents and that's how we found out about it and but he was up into high school getting ready to graduate when it finally came out everything his adopted dad was doing to him but people are sick they'll get possession of kids in any way that they can to abuse them for their own self-gratification yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, it was, you know, I keep talking about, you know, when we talk with Nate from Guardian Group, but it was, it was a good, you know, it was a good conversation. And, and he does a good, you know, what they do is a, a big deal. Yeah. Um, but you Nate's know, organization is fantastic. We love working with Nate. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you guys and could that get was just a, up. That was literally, a, we, I reached out to them because mm-hmm. we both, we had both donated money for our birthdays because the, the, Facebook, you allowed to donate money. So right, we, right. he had done it and so did I for our birthdays. And we had both raised through our friends a decent amount of money. So, of course, mm-hmm. they thank you and they uh, they sent, you know, like, we'll, we'll like to send you, I think it's like a sticker and stuff, but thank you for raising money for us and awareness. Yeah. And I took a chance and reached and said, hey, we do a podcast and we talk about this. Is anybody available to That's come? Great. And the, the, the young lady that handles the social media, she's like, we know who you are. <laughs> we've, heard, we've heard heard some of your stuff and 
uh, yes. And then she's like, and Nate lives right over Nate the lives yeah. nearby. Yeah. And it was just like perfect. And yeah. it was because I took that initiative to say, hey, we would really like to yeah. get you on here to talk to get, bring even more awareness to your and, group. And that's the thing. That's what we need is because he and Guardian Group can be such an asset to law enforcement yeah. with what they do. And I mean, Nate and Guardian Group, they do the majority of the investigation yeah. and just hand, hand it, it over. over to law enforcement. And why you wouldn't want that, well, that I don't uh, know. It's uh, just they don't know. Sosa, uh, the young lady who does the underage undercover, um, she, uh, she's, it's on Discovery Plus. She has a show. But, yeah, she does it. I mean, they get video and proof mm-hmm. and texts. And, yeah. But most of the people don't even get charged, don't even get investigated. It's like mm-hmm. only a handful of the people that do this actually even get investigated. Right. Most of the time, the cops just tell her we're too busy. We don't yeah. have time. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, the, I don't know how she does it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you do it. But, I mean, she, I mean. We're up against walls, but yeah. we know that we can't quit because yeah. eventually there will be a turn. Yeah. And, and and eventually Waynesboro will be completely staffed. But my issue is when you're completely staffed, don't tell me you don't have time or you don't have the resources. But it's it's not. I don't want to hear it. It's <laughs> that underbelly no one wants to look at. Right. That's what I'm that's what I'm afraid of, is the thing that people don't want to admit that's going on in mm-hmm. our civilized society. Yes. I mean, we're seeing... Or even just our cute little area, right? I mean, well, oh, thing, you know, this, well, this part of this country is so cute and so peaceful and there's no yeah. crime. Okay. It's probably, a, it was political stunts. Wait a minute. It is to a point. But we've now, we're now seeing, you know, we see all these people for the last, you know, 15, 20 years talk about, well, we're a sanctuary. See, we're not going to punish these. Well, then you have these governors say, you know what, we're so overwhelmed. Hey, since you're so open for them, here's a couple of them. Help us out. Oh my God, you can't send them here. Wait a minute, but you said you're cool with this. Right. It, it was a political, probably political stunt in reality. But it's now becoming such a nationwide news thing that everyone's like, wow, there's so much going on that we don't see. And now because a couple of these governors finally had, you know, we, we can't take care of these people anymore. Right. We're going to send them to Chicago. We're going to send them to New York City. We're going to send them to D.C., you have more money than we do, mm-hmm. especially these, you know, now, and now it's a big deal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just too many people. Hey, yeah. this is just a drop in the bucket. And I think that's what's probably going to have to come down to with this, with this, is that it's going to mm-hmm. end up being such a big deal. I mean, we joke about it and it's, but it's, how is, uh, we've talked about the last few weeks, how's R. Kelly? What he did was heinous, mm-hmm. but he's got more time in prison than Giselle Maxwell, mm-hmm. who was, yeah. should have been facilitating the, all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She only got 20 years in a minimum security country club in Florida where they get to play flag football. She gets to do yoga. She gets to buy brie and, and yeah. all this stuff in the, the, the shop, the little store there. And he's in big boy prison. Mm-hmm. He got 30 years. He's getting ready to get convicted is probably gonna get more time at it so he'll probably never see the light of day at least not until he's way up there but people act like it's not a big deal oh well but who but then she was convicted of trafficking but who was she trafficking and to who because now we don't we don't know who she trafficked and we don't know who she was trafficking to mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people are not like why don't we know who her clients were because mm-hmm. she ain't running the middle dude on the street corner she's no the big dollar people right. why don't we know 
It's because right. those people on that list have enough money and enough clout that keep they're afraid the, to bring it keep out. Keep that book shut, yes. Well, and the, mm -hmm. the whole R. Kelly thing, you know, just shows some of the some of the stagnation and the frustration in the process, right? Because yeah, Jerry and I joke about it, but we've known R. Kelly is a scumbag since he was dating Aaliyah when we were in high school <laughs> and Aaliyah was 15 years old, right? right. I mean, how right. long ago? It was it was 15 years ago that he had the tape where he yeah. was peeing on the peeing 14 on the year old. peeing on the 14 year old, right? Yeah, he didn't know it was 14. He thought right, she, whatever. Well, the funny thing was, he's like, I thought she was 16. There that doesn't still make it any better. It doesn't make it any better. Help you? She's still underage. It doesn't make it any better. But it's like we've known about this dude. Yeah. For nigh on 25 years. Well, yeah. But better than that. Bill Why did it take this long? Bill Cosby. We're just now figuring this out, but you had someone like Richard Pryor saying that dude's a scumbag back then and talking trash about him in the 70s. Right. That this dude's a piece of trash, but because Richard Pryor cussed and he did drugs and he was, mm -hmm. you know, this looked at this way and well, Cosby was, was America's dad. Yeah, he was. Right? Yeah, he I'm was, clean cut and I believe in God and blah, blah, blah. People are like, oh, no, he can't possibly be doing it. Well, guess what? He did a whole <laughs> lot of heinous stuff. Yeah. Well, it was, was it Duncan? No, it was Hannibal Burris, who yeah. the comedian was the yeah. one who started that whole thing off yeah. about Cosby. Yeah. And it's like, why does it take that long? You know, why does it take that long? Yeah. When you know, I mean, and, you know, there's. Things Harvey and people. Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. The, the, the casting was, couch is a, the casting couch is a joke. It's it's considered a joke. It's a category well, on, on Pornhub. It, yeah, and the first thing is start by believing the victim. All of these women that have come forward was they're lying, they're lying, they're lying. All they want is money. They want their fifteen minutes of fame. But yet it was written into his contract. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but you look at his contract, literally was, if you get sued, you have to pay a certain amount of the money. Mm -hmm. So, because the, our legal department can't keep paying for all this. So it's yeah. like, so it is so such a problem that you have to write into his contract. And that even when he got, like, the, the Lifetime Achievement Award, they were joking about it on stage. Mm -hmm. But when it, when it finally breaks through, oh, well, you know, no one knew. Really? You joked about that very thing on stage that he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that comes back to the teams thing yeah. that you were yep. talking about, right? Harvey was on their team. Yep. Harvey supported certain people and gave certain money to certain groups. So, mm -hmm. of course, and Harvey made certain people rich. So, of course, yeah. we're going to look the other way because he's really not hurting anybody. These, right. And you still see that, well, they're, they were adults. He wasn't hurting them. He just said, hey, I can make you famous if you do this for me. Mm -hmm. What's 20 minutes, you know, on his couch going to do for you? I mean, you had that the news guy who had the button he could lock his door. Yeah. yeah. And the comp, yeah. they installed it for him. So yes. that doesn't seem weird. So don't don't tell me you didn't know what he was doing when you allowed him to install that. Right. In his office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's not something he did on his, himself on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love a button on my office that I could lock people out, not the yeah. other way around. Lock people in, so that, you know. Yeah, it's like, so. But that's what it get. But I think that's part of our problems. We don't want to look at the CD side of what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. And what you do, what Guardians Group, what these other groups do, is bring that up, and no one wants to see it. And right. Everyone wants to pretend like it doesn't happen. Right. 
And you're right in the face of it because you're doing direct action, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not not trying to cast aspersions on on groups that do advocacy and education because that is important. But, Absolutely, you know. It, but we got to make sure when we do that education and outreach that we got the services to back it up. Yes. Yep. Yes. I mean, yes. The, yeah, we we want to help people with drugs, but then we don't give them say no to drugs okay but what about helping the people that are doing it mm-hmm. I mean you need to get them off yeah you need, to get them, you need to help them or you know the giving the people the job you know, yeah. finding a way to yeah. give the get people the jobs after they yeah. you know, they're recovered right you know this you know this week oh well you know they're going to pardon people with with uh, simple possession charges and it ends up that's only going to be about a thousand people that fall in that category it's not they made a whole lot of bluffs for something that really don't matter well the, and the current vice president put more people on than that in prison, <laughs> prison for those for exact, that same for those exact and charges none of those people are going to get get out so it's like you just and all in the telling oh look we arrested 130 johns this weekend and how many are going to get? Time. And all of them are going to get a ticket. I mean, you mm-hmm. watch. You took brought up cops. You watch cops, and most of the time, they would give them a ticket. Yeah. Take their picture. Send them on their way. Yep. Right, and so they would arrest these same people over and over. And they, yeah. and, you know, it was just like okay. So were you ever on cops? No. Huh. <laughs> and, but I used to joke, and I, I mean, we were watching it because they have a channel now where you can watch cops twenty four seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. and uh, <laughs> We were watching the other night, and they had a the reverse sting where they were arresting the Johns. They kind of they wanted to, to at least if they got started arresting people, maybe it would deter it. Mm-hmm. So they had a female cop doing it, mm-hmm. and I was I, t- I was like, you always know that it's not a prostitute because she's too clean and pretty. Yeah. <laughs> if I see that young lady standing, I'm like that that's not a prostitute. That's a cop. Yeah. Because she you know she, she don't have track marks. She don't look tired. There's no mm-hmm. bruising. Yeah. She her hair is nice she's and clean. She's a healthy weight. Yeah, her hair is nice and clean. It's like, I don't think that's what you think it is. And it's just like his... And then there was one one episode where they actually put a fake bruise on the girl, on the cop's eye. Yeah. And they put fake track marks. And she wore kind of a little bit... She looked a little dirty. And she got a whole lot more visits than the yeah. cops that looked pretty. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, because they people... Look at that and say, "Yeah, that's a prostitute. Mm-hmm. That's a crackhead. That's yeah. that's a junkie. You should do whatever for twenty bucks." Yeah. It's I I I love what you're doing, but I I don't know how you do it. You get my utmost respect for well, doing thank this. Thank you. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Just that. I don't think I, I don't think I have the help. temperament. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have the temperament. Well, you would you would I have the temperament for the girls. You wouldn't have the temperament yeah, that's for what I mean. the other they, folks. Like you, you say, you went to pick that girl up. She would have got in my car, but I would have got out the car and firebombed the house. <laughs> that would have been yeah. pest control. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. let's have a conversation, buddy. There's yeah. a gas leak in the house. We need yeah, but it was gasoline was the accelerant. Like I said, it's a gas leak. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I don't know. He lit a cigarette. and just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. I just, I, it happened. I don't know. It happened so fast. It was the damnedest thing, Sarge. The hand of God came down and just smited him right there. You, As we were pulling down the driveway. We, you, do you want us to believe us? Do you, are you saying there's no God? <laughs> are you questioning your religious beliefs? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? That's, that's where I think I'd, I'd end up like hurting somebody. Because mm-hmm. you would, especially talking to these people and hearing their stories, it's like, I'm going to, yeah. you know. And I know there's groups out there. There's there's a lot of former veterans 
that they do a little more of the direct direct action. Direct direct action where they go in and may or may not people might get hurt, but they rescue these girls. So we've heard. We yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Hey, I, yeah, this it's, it's rumors on the internet, man. Do they yeah. take applications? <laughs> if they did, there'd be one, two, three. I know who would be in there. Well, I mean, I was impressed with uh, uh, years ago uh, that show, The Walking Dead. Uh, the woman who played Andrea, she was she was getting involved in it, where she was mm-hmm. uh, going undercover and buying girls, mm-hmm. so then they could get them away, and she would right. do it in like certain countries, and then you know she would buy the girl for the night and then they would yeah whisk them away right and i was like that's that's putting yourself in a position that's yeah. you know it's not you're not even in america don't it you're in another yeah. country yeah. and that was pretty cool i was like that's that's putting your mouth where you know right. putting your ass where your mouth is you're yeah. talking about it and you're doing it yeah oh. but i mean we and i'd love to do that but i, I feel just and i it's just just and i yeah you know and so we feel so overwhelmed yeah just in Shenandoah Valley, much less being called out all over the state now. And because we'll go anywhere to help, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's for the victim to become a survivor. Yeah. But it's sad that we have to have survivors. Yeah. That, and you have just this, and a lot of it, the root cause, and we could probably, you know, we can wax poetic all we want, and we can, you know, but it comes down to stable home environments. Mm-hmm. That if a young girl knows how she's supposed to be treated by an adult male, then she's probably less likely to get involved right. in the stuff that leads up to this. She's and like, if the male is brought up to be... Yeah, a respectful human. A respectful, yes, yes. I mean, my childhood wasn't the best. And I learned a lot of the things on my own as to what not to do. Right. It's like, growing up, you see this... I'm not going to be that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, I'm going to veer the farther this right. way so I don't end up like that. Right. And I guess that's how I come up with my moral compass. Those people are trash, so I'm going to go mm-hmm. this way yeah. to make sure I don't end up like them. Yeah. And it's, but you see people, they just write it off like it's no big deal. Or you see, you, all, you still see that, well, boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is 2022. Right. How is it boys will be boys is still a defense? Right. Or she was right. asking for it. Right. They weren't. Th- those weren't a defense back when they were a defense, but they, and they're but even they, less so now. Mm-hmm. But that 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 well, you see how she was dressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also know <laughs> how to control myself. Yeah. yeah. So she's very. She's put a lot of work in and a lot of effort into and at the gym and take care of herself. And she, you know, she, she feels comfortable in her skin. Let her show it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look, and you definitely don't have to touch. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's not what this is about. No. I mean, my wife still likes a joke. She'll, she told our son, you know, my son will be 20 this month, in a couple weeks. But she was telling me one night, we were joking about something, and she told him a story about one of our early dates. I bought her this back, you know, we've been married, it'll be 21 years in November. Oh, congrats. But uh, I bought her this shirt she wanted, and it was one of those back then that you kind of tied in the back, and it was just the front, you know. Yeah. We were young. And we had gone to a restaurant, a local restaurant, and the, our waiter come over and said something like, I really like your shirt. So I was prepared to get up and handle this because you're now saying something that you shouldn't do my my girlfriend. And he ended up, he was talking to me. 
<laughs> he proceeded, proceeded to sit down beside me. And my wife was like, she telling her son, she's like, I didn't know whether I should defend his honor or just sit there and watch. I was like, yes. I love it. But it was that idea. It's like that I was already prepared, you know, to be like, dude, you know, yeah. which way are we going with this? Are right. you just like, hey, that's a nice shirt? Cool. But if you continue in a direction, me and you're going to have a conversation, you're not going to like the outcome yeah. of and, but we don't have that. We don't have. We're not raising our young men to think to to defend others anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody just stands and watch. I mean, videotaping women being assaulted yes. on, yes. On, on on the train or, or on the train, yeah. the road, you know, yeah, you sidewalks. See people videotaping women being sexually assaulted, and they're videotaping. Yeah. It's like. You you can't call nine one one. Right. I mean, you can't walk over and kick the dude in the back of the right. head. Right. There's a whole group of you. You can't take him. Yeah, and then you think about that person that is actually recording. Of was that your gratification to yeah. record it to yeah. know that there, you were the one with the evidence? Please come to me, law enforcement. But it's or is it? I'm saving it for later. Yeah, yeah there was the there was the one in the outside of Philadelphia where the young lady was raped on the train and there's mm-hmm. a whole group of people and they all videotaped it mm-hmm. and these videos some of these videos were like one guy went live on Facebook yeah. and was videotaping her being assaulted and the cop was like I'm going to find you and I'm going to charge each and every one of you Yeah. because no you do not have to physically get involved but to videotape it and right. just stand there and the ones of you who then posted it yeah mm-hmm. we're going to charge you too Yeah. because you're now you're an accessory and it's like how do you do how, how do you and, but you see it all the time where people will look the other way mm-hmm. you can hear a woman getting you know yeah you know it's abuse and people will just pretend and walk away yeah I have the opposite problem I don't want to get involved yes. <laughs> it's like Absolutely. is there an issue is there something you, you know Absolutely. you need help you need me to call somebody you need to have a conversation <laughs> yeah so it's yeah, we've got the utmost respect yeah. for for you and what you do, and and it's Jerry's right. I don't know how you do what you do, but um, so where can our listeners find more information on Magnolia Rose? So um, we've got a website and Facebook and Instagram. It's all Magnolia Rose, uh, or it's Magnolia Rose VA. Um, be careful when you search for us on Google. Sometimes it'll bring up like a retail shop of clothing. That's not us. Go to the next one. <laughs> okay. So we got to work on your SEO a little right. bit. And you've also got uh, you got an Instagram page and a Facebook Instagram account. Instagram and Facebook, yes. What are the addresses for those? Uh, I will look it up to tell you exactly which ones it is. Yeah, so we can, we can definitely link. Yeah, we'll link yeah. to those in the podcast, but I will link personally. On, you know, get it out there. Because we have an eclectic group of friends. That's a nice way to say that. That was better than heathens and miscreants. Yeah. Because that's kind of, you know. Well, on Facebook, we're magnoliarose.org. Okay. okay. And then I think that can take you into our, our Instagram as well. Okay, yeah, because nobody Perfect. says they're, they're also on Instagram. And then yeah. I think it's our website is is the Magnolia Rose VA. Okay, okay. Yep, we'll link to those on the show notes, and we'll link up to you in the uh, the link tree in our 
Instagram profile so our listeners can find you there. Yep. So where are you guys going to be next? We did the we did the um, Queen City Magic. Mischief and yeah. Magic, and then you did um, the Wolf the Festival. White Oak Lavender. White Oak Lavender. Yes. White yes. Oak. White Oak Lavender Farms. Wolf. That's where yes. that came from. Okay. Yes. Uh, we have an event coming up in December. I don't know the exact dates at Hotel Madison. I think it's called like um, Sip and Shop. So hopefully we'll get people wasted and they spend a lot of money at a Ruth. Well, that's the way to do it. Y'all are invited? Oh. <laughs> no, we've actually, that, I would say, I would, me and my wife might come because we would actually came to the Magic and Mayhem if we knew that's yeah. what y'all are there. Yeah. Scotty wasn't a very good. I wasn't a good. Did good of, you know. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> do that good, that good of a job of spreading the word on that yeah. one. <laughs> Because all he told me was like, hey, we got, I got something going on Sunday, so I can't do the podcast. And I was like, all right, cool. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I did this and this. Dude, you should have told me we would have come down Because <laughs> well, my, wife, my wife is, um, she actually thought about coming just to sit and talk and listen to yeah. you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, because tell she's. Her call me anytime. Yeah, she's, she's interested, and she's, uh, she says she's willing to donate whatever. If y'all need fundraisers, she'll help. Yeah. I mean, she, she, she crochets, but she's a baker. She's like, she'll make cookies. Yeah. Stuff that job. She's oh, great. She's a great baker. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's it's hard to stay trim with that woman. <laughs> I, I always I always look forward to Christmas because I know black pepper yeah. cookies yep. are coming oh, out. She makes yeah. the best black pepper yeah. cookies. Mom, oh, they're so yeah. good. She, she makes probably some of the best shortbread I've ever had in my mm. life. So we've been going for about two hours. Do you really? Got, yes. Yeah. Wow. It's after eleven. Yeah. Well, see, that's how it works. We get. You yeah, get we to, get rolling. Yeah. Especially something we. We are interested, and I'm very interested in this. And I'm, and the bad thing is, I I do believe the punishment should be more severe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A John, maybe the first time offender, maybe not jail time, but he it should be. I mean, you know how you make make it stop? You put his pay, picture in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. That and you make him complete John school and yeah. pay several hundred dollars. And, and he's and a sex offender. Yeah. Even maybe a lower tier, we fix or figure something out, but you stop it in a heartbeat. You nip right. that really quick if guys right. afraid that especially a businessman afraid his his face is gonna be plastered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and they know what you do, you're his wife. Yeah. Oh, well now that's that's divorce right there. Well and, and they and they need some sort of treatment because if you're, you're going out seeking sex yeah. from a stranger. Yeah. That, that's, that's an underlying pathology that needs normal. to be dealt right. with, and, right. and it's not just—it's not just well, my you know, my wife and I don't have the frequency that we used to. There's something else going on there. Absolutely, right. But that's, then again, that's how. Then that's there's probably a problem in maybe maybe you're not doing what you should be because, mm-hmm. like I said, I've been married 21 years. I'm not. That's not in you know. Not even a thought. It's not an issue. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just but. Yeah, you see people like, well, but you know, I'm not getting the attention at home, and this, you know, this girl don't, was don't young, don't be a fat bitch, and this and this girl was young, <laughs> and she was, you know, she kind of, you know, offered, and so I was just like, you know, watch the cops the other day, they, you know, the the cop was mic'd up and they had a camera, mm-hmm. and they the dude stopped, and yeah. she's like talking, hey, you know, I think he's he's circled the block twice, I think he's interested, yeah. we'll see what happens, and he right off the bat, he's she's like, are you, do you need directions? Right. Or are you looking for me? And he, she was like, he was like, I was looking to talk to you. And he, you know, sixty bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got to run over here. I'll be right back to get you. And then they arrest him. He's like, I didn't do, that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Yeah. And kept blaming her. And it's like, yeah. dude, we we watched you. You know, right. we have you on video and audio of you. And he was probably in his sixties. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was well. She come up and she was messing with mm-hmm. me, and that's what did it. And it's like, yeah. framed him. 
framed it. Yeah, right. You know, entrapment. Yeah. Well, but it's it's. I mean, like Vegas. Vegas, like you know, it's not legal here. Quit thinking is legal in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because you see it in a movie, it ain't legal. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, it's only legal in the one. The what the one the bunny ranch or whatever it's yeah. called. That's the only place it's legal. But then you had guys, you know. They're only legal, in, it's only legal in licensed brothels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Nevada. Yeah. It's yeah. not, street walking no, is not, not legal. Yeah. Um, yeah, these, the things you order out the, uh, offline and out of the newspaper, dude, that's not legal. Yeah. Just because they are. The back of the phone book, yeah. Just, just because it's in there and there's an ad, well, traveling for work, I, we actually stayed at a hotel and it was funny because there was in the back of the phone book this whole section. Mm-hmm. And we were joking. It's like, and this wasn't a cheap hotel. Our company was yeah. paying for it. And this was a nicer hotel. And it's just yeah. like, because we were all joking about it. Because we uh, we were all trying to find a place to go eat as a group. So, at we, you know, it's a habit, you know, that normally you open the drawer and there's like a whole right. packet yeah, of restaurants. Right. So we were flipping through and the dude I, that he'd come to my room. So, you know, we could all kind of just, you know, start meeting. And he, we were flipping through, and he flipped toward the back. He's like, there's got to be, like, an ad in here. And he opened up, and then in the back was, like, ads for massage and women yeah. to come to you. It was just like, it's like, wow. And I was like, yeah, it's right here in this nicer hotel. Yeah. Well, we but, just had a few cases at Hotel Madison in Harrisburg. Really? Really nice hotel. Jamie girls? Uh, no. Oh. None of them were. Nope. I told you about the the girl. No, I was, not, not in the riders like you would think. Maybe that's why I was just because right. of the, the college right there. Someone yeah. was no. using those young ladies. Yeah. Hey, I can pay for your college loan if you do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I mean, how? I mean, that's what. I see that a lot, sugar babies. Yeah, sugar yeah. baby. Yeah. Well, it's, and there's. Well, and I you see the sugar baby university, right? Mm-hmm. That chick who's running the sugar baby university well, yeah. training I, girls to right. do this. I forgot who was talking about it, but it was a it's a it's a prominent individual, and he was talking about it on a podcast about a buddy of his who's a really good friend, and he he had uh, you know met this girl who's in college, you know, and he was paying for her cell phone, her car payment, and something else, and a couple. If originally started, she was doing laundry service and cleaning his house, his mm-hmm. his condo, and that's all it was. And he was paying her a fee, you know, he was mm-hmm. paying her to do that. And then she offered that if he paid her cell phone bill, her car payment, and something else, that she would do other things yeah. twice well, a week. Wasn't that Brett Weinstein? Because he had that whole episode on Dark Maybe. Horse about yeah. Sugar Baby University. But it was just like he's like, and my buddies, you know, he's just like he said at first he said no, that's in the, but then it's like. Okay, I'm single. She's in her twenties. It's not, a, you, know, we're, you know. And he's like, he didn't even think. And the dude's like, that's prostitution. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, it's not. I'm just. He's like, dude, you're paying for her services. Would that girl be sleeping with you because if you're you dating? Her? And yeah. He was like, uh, he's like, yeah, dude. You know, you're not ugly. You're not, you know, you're not unfit. You take care of yourself, but dude, you're still in your forties, and she's in her twenties. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, yeah. She's, you know, you're not forcing her to. But you're still paying for it. Right. It's like, but there's that's how they work it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that that itchy line, right? The military <laughs> I mean, in Korea. There's the yeah. eat me, drink me girls. Mm-hmm. That they hang out with the servicemen, and you you know you're buying drinks and food, but you're really not. They're not eating and drinking. You're just paying these fees, mm-hmm. and it's the way they kind of cover. They get around the yeah. yeah. Well, so, it's, I mean, it's even like. 
Because prostitution is illegal in the military. And you're not supposed to Wherever visit prostitutes, but you know, well, I mean, it, it still happens. It, and it's like the, you know, the, there for a while they kind of got smart and it was, bring me a nice purse, but yeah. leave the receipt in it, yeah. right? And that way it's a, it's, a, it, yeah, it's a transaction of goods mm-hmm. rather than money, right? So well, it's the, like, the, she's my girlfriend, I'm giving her a purse and yeah. we're spending the, you know, the night in the hotel. Well, they, yeah, the, the high dollar escort girls yeah. that yeah. well he takes me here here and here and there's one she did a thing and it was kind of it was hard i listened to her story and then also saw how other people were talking to her about when after she did her story because she's like for for several years through college she was raped repeatedly by those guys and then she tells us so people are like okay they want to like to hear the story but then she would she was an escort so she would go to all you know they would pay for all this fancy stuff you know spas you know expensive dinner she's going to these fancy balls and all this uh, you know high society stuff and the night would always end that way and it's and the guy was like but it but did they rape you you entered into a contract right when you said for these events this is what you're going to get at the end that's a you're basically agreeing to a contract he's like What's happening to you is still probably wrong, but you can't really classify that because you've mm-hmm. agreed to a contract with this gentleman. I mean, because that's when soliciting. The whole yeah. idea, the whole charge is just that you've agreed to into a contract of something you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and most times they don't even, you know, it's, or pandering. They just call it pandering. Yeah. Because they take, the, you know, so-and-so is arrested for pandering. Right. If you don't know what pandering is, you, you're not, oh, that's, well, what's pandering? That's not a big deal, you know? And you can, oh yeah, I was I was downtown and I was where I, you know jaywalking or something. They got me for pandering, you know. But <laughs> but that's what they call you know pimping is pandering. Yeah. It's just like it's all these little terms and all these little to cover up because they don't want it. You know, like Nate said, a lot of these cities don't want to be known for that, so they don't. Right. They don't talk about it. Right. No, no, no. We don't want to be known as a sex, sex trafficking city. Yeah, we don't so do not, that here. We're not gonna prosecute it because we don't want to yeah. be known for that. Well, dude, you got to stop it or you're going to be known for it, but you're going to be known for it by the problem, people. I mean, well, it's still a problem when literally they tell you every year the Super Bowl is the biggest prostitution time of the year. It's like, and we don't do none of it. And we we know this is a common thing when we don't do none about it. Right. Well, and and Guardian Group is putting stuff up on their website, on their Instagram page this week about they're already getting ready that the... they're getting ready for the Super Bowl the same way as all the traffickers are getting yeah. ready mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that far away. Right. right. Everybody's starting to, you know, everybody's starting to get, you know, wound up. Because for that. you know the city it's in, then yeah. you know that five years in advance. Yeah. So you just start getting your resources. Yeah. So tell us about John's school. Like um, yeah. Nate's talked about John's school a little bit, mm-hmm. but it, it tell, tell us about John's school. What is what is that like? What are those? So it's typically like an eight-hour class. Um, and it's broken up into our sections and they'll have a survivor of trafficking come in and talk for an hour about, you know, how she was traumatized, what all she went through and we'll share stories of, um, whatever she wants to share. A Commonwealth attorney will come in for an hour and talk to these Johns, um, about, you know, this is what you could be facing in court if you get caught again. Um, you are the reason that trafficking is so prevalent because as long as there's a need and a drive for it it will always be here yeah 
And then you'll have uh, a nurse from the hospital <clears throat> come and talk about what all they treat these women with or, or for. And then you'll have a doctor come in for an hour and talk about all kinds of diseases and stuff that they've seen and trafficking victims. They'll have a previous John come in and talk. They'll even have um, a marriage counselor come in and talk for an hour. So it's just eight hours of one professional after another seeing because of your purchase of sex, this is how it's affecting everybody, not just you and the victim themselves, but how it's affecting the trafficker and then all of these individuals that's been involved in the criminal justice process, but then also including your wife and family. Yeah. Imagine taking something home to your wife. Ugh. Yeah. Imagine, imagine having having imagine having to have a slip that you have to take home. Direct, honey, I need you to sign that you know that I'm going to John's school right. or something. Like that, that. That, that again, that would make it make you not want to do it. Yeah, because mm -hmm. the it's got to be more of a, a repercussion than a ticket. That especially yeah. if you have a little bit of money, you can get a lawyer to, to right. plead down to nothing. You pay a little fee. You go on about your business. Yeah. But the John school should be just like first offender. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, it yeah. should be and after regardless that, of whether we plead it down or not, you still have to complete this that, job. You, you can only take driver's ed once to right. get out of a ticket. Right. After that, you're stuck with the ticket. It yes. should be the same thing. Yes. Well, my thing is, it's just, but, I, I, but there's, you know, the picture on the front of the paper should be first, and you were arrested, yes. here it is. Now, yeah. if you, if it was a mistake and you were just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, then yeah, well, you can, hey, we apologize. This gentleman really was found not guilty because he really did ask the young lady for directions when we rolled up on him. But I don't think that's what you're yeah. gonna. There's certain people I'm not gonna ask directions from. Right, yeah. right. I don't care where I'm at, how lost I am. Yeah. The, the, I'm not the, asking this. Everybody the, has a smartphone. So. Exactly. And I'm not asking you. Right. I'm yes. just saying. I'm okay and with like, you know. I'm not giving you my phone. People's faces on yeah. on uh, people's faces on park benches. Yeah. It's like this is this month's you know top <laughs> top arrestee or something. Yeah. Put them well, on the side yeah. of a bus. But the yeah. other way, we again my you know company used to send. I went on a lot of trips for them, and I was in Cincinnati. And over this street, the city had put up a had put up banners just telling Johns to be polite to the prostitutes, that to remember that they are someone's daughter, mother, and sister. And to if they were thinking with respect. Of, if they were thinking about that, they wouldn't be going after those ladies for the services. That, right. that instead of fighting <clears throat> the issue, they're just saying, "Hey, don't be cheap and 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 be a little respectful to them." It's like, yeah. how about we say, if we catch you out here, we're putting your new, you're going to be your on, on the six o'clock news going on the banner. Yeah. It's going to be you're going to be in the six o'clock news, and we're going to make sure everybody they knows. They still times. Yeah, they they should. Yeah. yeah, but you can lop. You can you can. Get out of that. You yeah. don't have to put your. I think it's. They, you can keep your picture out of it. It's probably voluntary. They're probably like, hell yeah, I want to be in crime time. <laughs> yeah, most of them are drunk. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> you see them smile and it's like, okay. <laughs> hey. Look at me. I'm like, look, mom, I'm famous. <laughs> I made the newspaper. No, yeah. not that newspaper, the other newspaper. The other one. The one that's over there by Penny Saber. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> Anyway, so where can people find you if they want to find you on the socials? If they want to, if they got a horse they need, out, yeah. Sure. No, I will. I will. It's Kristen Crummett Dollar. I'm on Facebook. I have an Instagram, but I never use it. Um, It'll rot your brain. That's okay. I'm the old school Facebook user. 
Um, I'm just old. You still got your MySpace <laughs> account? <laughs> I don't know if I ever had one. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly, Reggie had one because Emma set him one up as a joke. Ooh, okay, yeah. well, was that MySpace or was that his Tinder account? I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I don't want to know either one. <laughs> no, his, his daughter... His daughter made him, got his phone, made him a Tinder account, and then deleted the app from his phone. So he never <laughs> knew. That's so messed up. He's got a Tinder account That's floating around out That's there. Someone's she... like swiping right on him and don't understand why he's not responding. Yeah. Why is he not responding? The love of my life. If she sends him money on Venmo or something like that, the, you put in a reason, she'll yeah. put drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, so do you? So do you have anything else for us before we before we let you get out of here? We're we're going on two and a half hours. We not want to be respectful of your time. Yeah, not that I can we'll think of. We definitely have you back. Yeah, I want to come back on. So appreciate this. I think we. I think the next move is we'd like to have you and Jess on talk specifically Big about Magnolia's Rose, yeah. Magnolia Rose, yeah. and what folks can do to help um, yeah. and and help support you. Yeah, in your great. organization so yeah. let's let's talk about scheduling that next but um so you hear heard it here first fam we'll have magnolia rose uh founder krista crummett dollar and her partner in well not crime her partner in justice <laughs> jess That's right. uh, on here in the near future but um got anything else closing come thoughts see, come see us downtown november 12th through december 31st in our in our retail space and that help pace for our apartment yep. that we have. Well, we'll definitely, we'll get all that out and we'll, we'll push it. Yep. Fantastic. And when you get, uh, when you get more details on the um, sipping and shopping or yeah. drunken dollars or yeah, whatever it is, that, that, that's your, that's the reality <laughs> show. That's a whole other story. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll push that too. Yeah. And uh, as you guys it. get other stuff scheduled, be sure to let us know yeah, and, and we'll push it out to, to the listeners but um thank you so much for coming thank we really you appreciate your time you um, jerry any parting yeah. thoughts all right well thank you very much like thank i said you. we appreciate the time so you've been listening to rolling rocks radio for jerry armatrout for christian christian crummett dollar i'm scott barker we're out later the music for tonight's episode was but i am shafts of light by mayeth from their album wailing village